Hello and welcome to Power of Women podcast. For the month of May, my theme for this month will be navigating through trauma. I have been honoured to speak to a number of women who have agreed to share their experiences. And we have spoken about what trauma means to them. We've spoken about their experience of trauma. And we've also spoken about the resources that they've used to help them navigate through trauma and help them along their healing journey. I must add that some of the experience that you may hear may trigger an emotion that you may not expect. Please, please, please look after your well-being. And if you feel that you need to reach out to your GP or your local support groups, please do so. On this particular podcast, I had the pleasure of speaking to three beautiful women, Lou, Iona and Natalie. And all I need to say right now is, welcome to Navigating Through Trauma. And welcome to Power of Women podcast. Today um, we're going to be talking about uh, navigating through trauma. As I've mentioned on uh, my intro, the month of May is going to be about navigating through trauma and I'll be talking to a number of wonderful women who will be talking about their experiences. Now, just to let you know that when you're when you're listening to this podcast, it may trigger emotions that you don't expect. And Um, What I would suggest is, is that make sure that you look after yourself and your well-being and you contact your GP or local support centres. And when I publish this, I'll be putting some examples of places that you can contact. Now, the ladies that I've got on my podcast today, we've got a connection where we met through a support network, which we'll mention briefly later on in the session. Just like to say that we are all nervous and we all have our different ways of dealing with things. And today is an open discussion on how we as women have navigated through trauma. Okay, so I'm going to introduce my wonderful, wonderful ladies. We have with us today, Natalie, Iona and Lou. Good morning, ladies. Morning. How are you guys doing? Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor was jumping jump at once, guys. I'm not. You're, I know yeah. you. I'm nervous, so I'm nervous because, you know. Yeah, I'm nervous. Guys, it's so I, lovely to see you all. Lovely to see you all too. And just for our listeners, we are doing this through Teams, but you'll only get the audio of this session um, um, on, on the podcast. So... First of all, ladies, I just want to just ask a question and you can note this in on paper or in your mind on a scale of one to ten. I just want you to think about how you're feeling right now. One where you're feeling very anxious and nervous. Ten that you're absolutely OK. And hopefully um, we'll ask this question later on at the end of the session to see if there's any difference. So you don't have to share. If you want to share, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. So just a minute, just to think of where you are at the minute. (laughs) 
Would anybody want to share where they are right about now? I've just written mine down. You've just written them down. Don't want to share them in it. I will, yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Absolutely fine. I'm going to share mine. I'm kind of like, I would say, at an eight, um, whereby I'm, re I'm getting more confident in doing these sessions. Podcast is very new to me. My lovely ladies here know and have shared and have been there from when I mentioned that I wanted to do it. And it's a dream coming true, but it's still something that's very fresh. So but I do feel fairly confident in doing it because what goes goes. I don't really mind. I'm not pressuring myself. Um, you know, it, 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 what will be will be. So if anybody else wants to share, feel free. Otherwise, we can move on. I put eight as well. Mm -hmm. um, I being on a podcast is on my bucket list, so mm -hmm. it's really exciting to be here and be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and I am surrounded by people who I have a connection with and who give me really great energy. And I really feel like this is a safe space for me. So mm -hmm. I feel really kind of grounded and and ready to go. And I really appreciate that, Natalie, because that's exactly what my podcast, I want the podcast to be, is a safe platform for other women to come and join, listen to, knowing that you're not going to be judged in any way. It's an area where we can talk, whether we know each other or not, you know, it's just a, a platform where, because we need to find our voice, we need to talk about what's going on in our lives. And I do believe when other women here, um, hear this session it will give them the inspiration to want to do something no matter how small okay so thanks for sharing that so we're going to kick off the session then by I find this really interesting and I really am intrigued to hear what you guys think what is your definition of trauma who's going first uh, I don't mind going first um I think everyone's definition of trauma trauma is completely different mm -hmm. because no two stories are the same what someone might think as oh it's really small or minor could mm -hmm. be really big to somebody else and vice versa so you can't compare and I think I think I spoke to you privately Linda about mm -hmm. this as well is mm -hmm. because I've never spoke on anything traumatic that's happened mm -hmm publicly or with with anyone else other than sort of my partner it's like my my instant thought was is it going to be traumatic is what I share people are going to be oh that's nothing compared to what I've been through mm -hmm. but then as we as you said as well you know it's not it's not about comparing each other's stories it's about what you feel was traumatic to you exactly so there's yeah. no definition to it on, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. It's whatever you feel has happened to you and had an impact on your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree, yeah. It's like different, like we've all had different experiences and it's how those experiences have affected us. It could be, it could be, it could be anything, couldn't it? Mm -hmm. It could be anything. <clears throat> and I was listening to, I don't even remember what podcast it was, but I was listening to a podcast the other day. Mm. and they was talking about like um like small small teas and big teas mm -hmm. so small tra like little traumas and big traumas and 
obviously there's a scale it doesn't matter where it falls it's still if that experience affected you in any way then that's still you know it's still an ex like, it still affected you didn't it but like you say yeah. it could be anything mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah i i um, completely agree with that as well and i um think that but it's really it's anything that you experience that has like a long lasting effect yeah. on your day to day life. Um, and the reality is that um, we all have trauma mm. and we all experience trauma. And, you know, all of our children are going to experience trauma, mm. um, even if it's just somebody turning around and cutting you up in traffic or like it can be as small as you know it can be as tiny as something like that because it's how you take it and bury it and what you do with yeah. it and how you respond yes. to it that kind of creates the long-lasting effects so it's I guess what we're going to talk about later which is how you learn to navigate mm -hmm. the inevitable setbacks that we're all going to have exactly yeah. exactly Absolutely. because when when um, I've spoken to a few other individuals and as soon as you mentioned the word trauma and you know what, Lou, what you said about small T and big T, I think that is so key, especially to listeners out there in that trauma, doesn't matter how small or big it is, it is trauma to you. But when I've spoken to other people, mm -hmm. when you mention the word trauma, immediately they think of something, well, mm. massive, like headline news trauma, you know, and yeah. they feel that, you know, them being made redundant and not having a job over COVID is trauma. It is a traumatic experience. Mm. So I'm hoping mm. to change the narrative slightly so that people are more comfortable in talking about and using the word trauma in a sentence without thinking that, oh, you yes, know, it's not meaningful. You don't know? automatically go to like a, a, a really like, tragic event. Do you know what I mean? It could be. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It could be anything, couldn't it? Like Natalie said. Exactly. It, absolutely. And and um, I really appreciate you guys giving your own interpretation of the word trauma, because like you said, it is individual. Everybody has a different take on it. It's not a textbook. There's no textbook answer to trauma. It's yeah. different for everybody. And now I like the fact that you say it is even our children, you know, they've gone through trauma in some form, whether it be bullying at school or somebody calling them a name repeatedly or, you know, not wanting to eat their food because of social media or what have you. There's so many different things, levels of trauma. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, and this is the area where, you know, we're getting into in terms of wanting to... the for me, to navigate through, through trauma, we need to understand what that trauma is for us, for ourselves individually. And it's not dealing with everything all at once. It's dealing with one thing at a time. And I suppose mm. we prioritise or we, we will pick what it is that we want to work on. And then what mm -hmm. happens is, is that process, we can repeat it for other things in life. So one by one, we can deal with what issues that we're going through um so i'm just going to open it up to the group in terms of if you'd like to share um, an area um with the listeners to give a, an idea of the trauma that you're, you you've either you've experienced you've got through it you're going through it you're navigating through it you've got to the other end who would like to to share um their experience with our listeners. 
Shall I go first? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Lovely. Yeah. So I've obviously, as you ladies know, I've been on this journey now. It's got to be a good three, four years. Mm. And I always I always think of it like one of my mentors um, describes this is, you know, like it's like an onion, like you're peeling back the layers. Mm. So I've been peeling back the layers mm-hmm. quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, what I've learned is, is I and I've had a few therapy sessions as well because um, I wanted to understand behaviours and, you know, like, but I needed to get my brain around certain things. But anyway, I um, I've realised I didn't, talking about the big big T's and little T's, I didn't have any, like, big T's. Like, I didn't really experience any trauma at home. Like, I had quite a, an amazing childhood, to be honest. Like, growing up in the 80s, you know, it was, mm. it was quite a... I had, really good memories really with my family I'm very close with my family my mum and dad and sisters and so there was no there was nothing really there um for me mine was more um sort of as I got into my teenagers you know when I started sort of getting boyfriends and mine was that I had a particular relationship that wasn't was was quite toxic to be honest and I think most of my small t's if you like was mm. from was was what I experienced in 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 them relationships mm. <clears throat> um and obviously at the time you don't you don't see that you don't you don't realize what's going on do you because you're young you don't you just sort of going going with it kind of thing mm. but it's only since I've made <clears throat> quite a few changes like personally and mm. um and I started like really sort of understanding things and mm. going back over things that I've realized that it was it was that that kind of like really mm. did really did sort of make a mark on me mm. and affect it affected a lot of things I've learned do you know what I mean it affected like my self-esteem mm. my confidence I've always been a confident person growing up like mm. when I was young mm. I am um, I've, I've been in dance school since I was like two three do you know mm. what I mean I was I was I was in dance school till I was like 14, 15. So and my confidence was always quite sky high. Like I was on stage. I was performed. Do you know what I mean? I weren't like. So I think that definitely did knock my confidence a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't really want to go into too much detail of that. But that is what I've learned. That's where I've kind of realised that it did kind mm. of really affect me. Mm-hmm. And it's not until it's not until I started looking in. Mm that I understood that that was where it all came from. So when, when, and I appreciate what you've shared and I really, really thank you for that. Um, so for you, when did you decide to actually make that change, seek some guidance or when yeah. did you to yourself, oh, something's not right here. I need to do something. Yeah. So for me, mine was, mine was like, cause I've, I really, I, I, well, it started really. I was getting pulls. I was getting like these pulls that, and it started when I was like when I started working in the cab, really, about mm. four years ago, because because I was on my own, you know, like I was in my head, mm. and it all started kicking off, you know, like I was, I had a lot of time to think about things, mm. and it was at that, it was at that point when I started working in the cab, mm. twenty seventeen, mm. um, that. I started listening to podcasts and I started sort of like exploring 
things and I started getting questions you know like I was I really wanted to sort of go into things and then for me it was from there that I decided to um like remove alcohol from my life right because mm-hmm. alcohol I see like not that I've, I've never like, I would never consider myself like alcohol dependent or anything like mm. that mm. But I think it was definitely for me like an emotional you know like an emotional support mm. if, you, if you like mm. like obviously you know drinking every weekend and mm. whatever else I think that definitely does sort of it you can't process emotions like when when you're do you know what I mean like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm articulating it right what? but mm-hmm. but I think when I removed that and I was getting pulls to do that anyway because I got to a point where for me like alcohol wasn't bringing me any joy like it wasn't it didn't align with where I was going mm-hmm. and I was getting them pulls to kind of you know it was it was something obviously telling me to kind of like I need to I need to do this work mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. So when I removed it, obviously it was very, it weren't, it, it was challenging. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, it was challenging because for someone who's, you know, mm. used it kind of like every weekend, it could be anything like stressful doubt, well, any any emotion kind of thing, like shit doubt work, mm. you know, a difficult week, mm. that you just, you just, I don't know, that was just, that was my experience anyway. So when I removed that, obviously I was faced with all this, this stuff. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God. So I had to go I had to go into it all. And that was when I um yeah, that was when it all just came to the surface, really, for me. And um mm. yeah, and then I then I just started doing and then I just started listening to like more podcasts and everything mm-hmm. and just understanding where it all came from. Um mm. so yeah, I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever, but Absolutely. Just, I'm just letting it roll out. No, you are. And, and this is the whole, this is, this is what I love about this platform is that it's not a case of question and answer. It's just about talking and just doing it effortlessly because that's where you connect with people because you're keeping it real, you know? So everything that you said makes absolute, well, it makes sense to us, you know, and I'm sure, so. I'm sure it will make sense to. I feel like I jump, sometimes I sort of jump, I go sort of, I don't know, but I hope that that's made absolutely absolutely and then obviously I've been on that journey now Mm. and I've unraveled so much and I Mm -hmm. feel Mm. like I've I've obviously I've healed a lot of I've had to do a lot of like you know let's do a lot of work around that relationship and previous relationships and you know just build myself back up like like build my confidence back up my self-esteem obviously when I met Sam Mm. like my life completely changed obviously mm-hmm. for the better because mm. he was the first he was the first like person to kind of make me feel mm. that he 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 made me feel good do you know what I mean he was he never it was not it was a completely different experience with Sam yeah and I wasn't used to that right do you know no. what I mean I was when I met Sam I was like what is that is this is this is not thingy do you know what I mean I wasn't used to being mm. treated like do you know what I mean? Like how you should be treated. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Do you know what I mean? I was never Absolutely. used to that. I was used to like horrible, like toxic, mm. horrible behaviour. Mm. Which no one should no one should experience. But um but mm. yeah, obviously when I when, when I met Sam, everything just sort of like everything got better. Brilliant. 
And that's um, nice. That's nice to hear because you know, from your experience that you've shared today, you've talked about, you you know, meeting, and Sam is your... My husband. Husband. So meeting Sam, <laughs> you, for, the, for the listeners, it's Sam, yeah. his husband. Um, and it, it's, it's, you was able to identify those relationships were not good. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, it, it, from what you're saying, it's like, this, this, is this real? You know, this guy is actually treating yeah, yeah. how I've been. It took me a long, long time to kind of like, you know, like accept compliments, like little things. Yeah. Like, because he was yeah. just so, it was just, I wasn't used to that. Yeah, I hear you. And I'd be like, oh, it made me cringe. But yeah. now I love it. Of course. <laughs> and we always but, accept our compliments. We've got yeah. to accept our compliments. Oh, it's and lovely. Then, yeah. And it's just having that respect, you know. It's like, it was just a different, it was just different. It was just a different, mm. um, completely different experience. So, but obviously it gave me the opportunity to really kind of like, just understand that, that <laughs> what I was experiencing in the past was not, was not okay. Yeah. Um. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you, Lou. I'm really, that's... Obviously, I've, gone, I've not gone into a lot of detail because I don't feel like that's necessary, but but that's that's what I've learned. Obviously, I'm still peeling back the layers. There's still stuff, you know, it's never ending, is it, really? Yeah. It's like you're just sort of... Yeah. You're just building. You're kind of understanding yeah. yourself on a different level Yeah. every time you kind of, I don't know, no, I, 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 like I said, I, I applaud all of all of us here today. I applaud all of us for being here, and just what you've shared alone shows me and gives me that inspiration that you know working on myself is so important. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So that, I just wanted to add one thing as well that's come to my yeah. mind. Yeah, like obviously that relationship I was in in the past is not yeah. like I don't hold any bad feeling there anymore. Do you know what I mean? I'm I've forgiven okay. that, and I've like yeah. I I know now that I understand now that because like how that was is not like it the, the other person had their own shit. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand a lot of things. So I don't hold any mm-hmm. resentment anymore or anger. Mm-hmm. Like mm. if anything, there's love there. There's like, you know, I forgive. I understand you was going through your shit. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I've I've kind of let all of that go, but I did. I had all of that inside me that I had to work through because I was right. so hurt. Right. Right. So I thought I just had that. that there's no, you know, I've, I've moved through it all, kind of thing. Good. Um, and that's nice. That's that's a positive. But positive. it's obviously taken a lot of what it's taken a lot of work and. Used as you as you all know, it's not easy. No, but it's it may it's definitely worth it because you in the long run you want to make yourself feel good. Mhm. Mhm. Um. So yeah, no. I just wanted to add that, that there's no like I'm at peace. I'm at peace with everything now mm-hmm. in my past. Mm. Obviously, still things still pop up, and I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, you've come back, but mm-hmm. now it's just like no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But yeah. That's comforting to hear when you say you're at peace, because one of the things that I've said and you guys in 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 the um, support group that we'll mention later on, as her have heard me say, I'm smiling through my trauma now, you know, and I 
few years ago, I'd never think I would use the word smiling and trauma in the same sentence, but I'm actually smiling through it because I actually, the same thing as you, um, Lou, is, is about forgiveness. It's not forgetting. Um, the scars will be there internally, but to forgive is my road to, is my path to freedom. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so I really do um, understand where you're coming from. So ladies, would anybody, thank you so much, Lou, for that. I really, really, really appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, would anybody else like to talk about their trauma and how they've, you know, what, what it means for them and, and get, get our listeners a little insight into your journey? I don't, I don't mind going unless Natalie does. Second. <laughs> 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 you never know who wants to speak first do you want when you're on these these chats yeah, no. do i go do i not yeah should i stay there? Iona, you're speaking so keep going <laughs> go for it iona <laughs> radio here goes um okay so i sat on this for a little while and i wasn't sure whether i should share it or not um but i decided i would because i feel like this topic is what has had the most impact on me and my journey mm -hmm. um and I've never shared it before other than me and my hobby so for me to get this out it's yeah it's, yeah so for me it's about my my childhood and what I grew up around um for me I grew up around a lot of domestic violence um from a really really young age um from as young as I can remember from like toddler you know sort of two three um I was always around a lot of toxic environments that included a lot of alcohol fighting arguing so I didn't grow up in a household where there was love shown um there wasn't you know the the physical side of it in terms of the hugging or you know give you a kiss or sit down and read you a book and stuff like that um you were very much left to your own devices and that was it like the love was shown but it was shown in different ways and I think it wasn't in ways that I personally think was acceptable like as a child you know ch children should be given the emotional love and the hugs and you know, sit down and spend time with you. And I never had any of that. Um, and then growing up, it became more, more frequent. Well, first of all, I'll start by saying my mum, she, she was, what's that saying when you give as good as you get? So if the violence, well, not if, but when the violence or the, the arguments were dished out to her, she would give it back just as good. Like she wasn't afraid to stand her ground. Um, she'd always fight back. She was a little woman. My dad was really massive, but she would still, you know, give give back. And um, it all sort of changed when my I ended up, you know, going to my dad's off weekends and school holidays. And that was the time when I really saw the domestic violence on a weekly basis. So he was with his partner at the time. And um, I would go up, stay, and I would always be walking on eggshells because I would be looking for signs of 
here we go mm. it's gonna start or you or I'd find myself as a child at the time I didn't realize it but now as an adult obviously thinking back I do recognize it and I would well, I don't know would you call it subconsciously at the time then find ways or say things to try and stop the rage from happening but um he was a very angry person and it would nothing I would say or do would stop it from happening um you know I'd scream and I'd shout and I'd beg for him to stop and he wouldn't it was like you know when people explain I see red and you just can't control it it was like that and um I have one particular memory that has always stuck with me out of them all um and I hope it's okay to share this I know Linda I did speak to you uh prior um but I have this one particular memory I can't remember how old I was I must have been anywhere between sort of 10 to 13 and an argument started between my dad and his partner at the time and I just remember sitting on the floor in the sitting room in front of the TV just so engrossed on the TV and just wishing for it all to stop and I could he took her out of the room took her into the bedroom as if you know it's in another room she's not going to hear she's not going to know what's going on but what adults don't realize is that children see and hear so much Mm. that you think that they don't you know and um I could hear all the commotion I could hear what was going on and um I remember just sitting in front of the tv just wishing for it to stop and Mm. I was sat with my legs crossed and just looking and just waiting for it to just come to an end Mm. and she came out of the room and she ran into me and she begged for me to call the police and my words to her were I can't call the police he's my dad he's still my dad and so for a child to be put into those situations it's really messed up really Mm -hmm. really messed up and um like what Lou said um I don't blame or hold any grudges there was a point where I I really hated my childhood and I hated all the things I had to see because it turned me into not a very nice person as I got older and I became an adult and I hated you know thinking back on the times that I witnessed and how my parents were because I knew full well that it had an impact on why I was the way I was as a person and I hated that Mm. um but you know as you grow and you go through your journey you learn to accept these things and in some sense I hold gratitude towards it because it it's now made me the person who I am now Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, I would love to turn back time and, you know, be one of those people that could say, you know, my parents were great, you know, they were amazing. But yes, I can't, but I've learned so much in life because of it. Does that make sense? Like Absolutely. some people might say, yeah, you know, and some people might say, well, how can you be grateful for something so traumatic? I'm going to use the words traumatic um, because I always find as well, I do try and dumb down the word trauma or traumatic because I've never spoken it. And it's, is it traumatic, you know? So yes, let's just go with that and just say, yeah, I always try and dumb down the word traumatic because I don't know why. 
I don't know why, but um, as yeah, Lou said, it's I hold gratitude to it now because I it wouldn't have put me on the path that I'm on now, and I wouldn't have been able to change as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, as I got older, um, if we go back to sort of like why I wanted to change, and I started to realize that, that my behavior as an adult was toxic. Mm. now I was never physical I've never once put my hands on my partner and I've been with my partner since we were like 18 19 Mm. and um I've never once been physical with him Mm. but I was very toxic in terms of displaying my anger in other ways Mm. if it was in an argument I'd get extremely angry I would throw I would break things I would smash things I would go into a rage but I always knew my limit and this is back then I I never recognized it but now when I sit and think about it I recognize it that there was always a part of me that knew it was not acceptable to put my hands on him because of what I went through as a child and then the more and more it the years went on I kept saying to myself but it's also not okay for you to verbally abuse him or smash things up and that also wasn't okay just because I'm not physically putting my hands on him Mm -hmm. doesn't make my actions okay and Mm -hmm. the more it happened every time it happened I used to have this vision in my head of you're just like your parents and Mm -hmm. I didn't like that Mm-hmm. um not mm-hmm. so much my mum but more so much my from you know from my dad my mum was still very she's a, vi- a fiery person she's got a temper um um you know I didn't get the the love I would have liked from her mm-hmm. but um she did everything she could as a parent so when I'm speaking I'm more so talking about what I witnessed you know mm-hmm. being at my dad's and stuff um and yeah, I sort of lost my trail of thought there. What did I just stop off at? Something about the vision of you didn't want to be like your parents. Yeah, so, and I just, I could feel in me that mm. something was recognising that it wasn't okay. And, you know, the stuff that I went through as a child, it was starting to have an impact on me as an adult. Mm. And I, I didn't want to be one of those people that, were toxic behind closed doors because if you met me in person you know I'm I mean maybe not as quiet now as I was but generally people's perception of me oh you know she's lovely she's a lovely girl very quiet you Mm. know um could be great friends with her but you know you never know what goes on behind closed doors and I was it's really weird because people on the outside in the world it took a lot for me to lose my temper Mm. and you know growing up between me and my siblings and stuff you know we all make jokes oh yeah we've all got tempers you know it runs in the family but ultimately we can control our temper it's our environment that shapes us Mm -hmm. and I as you ladies know I started uni two years ago and I think I've always had an interest in the mind and behavior and again now I, I can think that has it stemmed from my childhood as to why my brain is now the way it is and I'm interested in the mind and the behaviour and why people mm-hmm. are the way they are. 
Mm. And then once I started my psychology degree, which, yes, as a whole, you learn about the brain and the behavior and how, you know, why certain parts of the brain function the way they do. But my side of it was to understand children and childhood. Again, Mm. stems Mm -hmm. back to my childhood. And Mm -hmm. what was really funny is when we were focusing on the modules that were based on the children in childhood and looking at their environments and how children were brought up and how it has an impact on your life as you become an adult it was like light bulb moments for me Mm. so it was like I was doing the studying because Mm. it's an interest of mine but in some aspect it was also helping me understand me and Mm. understand my own childhood as well Mm -hmm. um yeah so for me it was really important to start this journey and this self-growth and Mm self-development because I thankfully and fortunately enough I was able to have the awareness that I wasn't a very nice person Mm -hmm. and you know you hear this this (coughs) thing of you know you take your rage out on the closest ones to you and the closest one to me was my partner Whereas yeah. if I went out into public, yeah, you know, there'll be certain things that does get my rage going, i.e. when I'm driving and I'm still working on that one. But um, <laughs> but it always took a lot to really trigger me with outsiders. Mm. But it was one of those things when my lid flipped, my lid would flip and I didn't like myself as that person. I wasn't a nice person. And mm. I think had I have not recognized those traits and you know I wasn't aware on wanting to work on them and change Mm. I don't think me and my partner would be together I think it would have hit a point where you would end up separating yeah because another thing for me as well you know we ended up having kids we've got three kids together and I was I'm not proud when I say this Mm. But I'm I want to be open and honest because it's the realness and the rawness of this journey and mm. why I'm where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And I was losing my my temper in front of my children. Mm. And I would, you know, say for example, I was in the kitchen and I was cooking and we had an argument started. And back then little things would trigger me. Tiny little things would trigger me. Mm. And um, then an argument would start and it would go on and on and on. Mm. And I would I would pick up whatever was closest to me, a pot, Mm. whatever, and I would throw it Mm. and I would shout. I would my veins would popping out of my neck. I would be bursting with rage. Mm. And I think for me as well, understanding and realizing that this isn't fair on my children. I'm doing not to the same level as you know my childhood but I'm still portraying these personality traits that I didn't like in my own parents growing up Mm. and you know I knew that it was wrong but I just I couldn't control it Mm. and you know I would go into a full-on rage to Mm. it would be like it'd be like a few seconds but when I come out of it I would realize that, wow, it's actually quite scary how your brain just shuts off in that rage because it would shut off. Mm. And I 
everything then would come, come crashing down and I would be like oh my god I just did this in front of my kids mm. or I said this or I did that and I'm just like what are you doing mm. you know and it's quite scary that your brain can take over like that and within that split second you're capable of mm. doing anything but there was always a point for me I always knew my limits yeah that's the strange thing mm. I always knew not to push mm-hmm. like I never hit my children I've never hit my partner mm. but I I still recognize that the other bits that I was doing mm-hmm. wasn't healthy and it had to stop mm. um yeah so and I think growing up not having that emotional support you know your parents asking you how was your day how was school Let, you mm-hmm. know do you want to cuddle if I if I hurt myself let me kiss it better you know there was none of that mm. I have there may have been, but I have zero memory of my parents sitting down and reading a book with me. Mm. I have zero memory of my parents willingly giving me a cuddle, you know, mm. and I think what people don't realise, little things like that have such a massive impact mm-hmm. on you as a person when you get older. And I struggled with that. There was a point mm. where I struggled with, I felt uncomfortable to show love. Mm because I didn't know how to Mm. nobody did it with me Mm. and even just now I'm fine because I've I've done a lot of work on it Mm. but showing love towards my partner and being really you know all kissy and cuddly with my kids Mm. was a struggle Mm. was a struggle sometimes because I felt embarrassed Mm. to some extent um because I think you know not I think I know it's because of my own parents and how they were and then that's rubbed off on me as I've gotten older mm-hmm. um but yeah thankfully I've managed mm-hmm. to do the work I've Please. done the work and I'm Amen. a better, different person yeah wow yeah again Iona um blessed and honored that you shared what you shared especially that you said it's the first time you've actually sharing it so publicly so I really commend you on that um and already there's a a a theme that I'm picking up that I'll mention a little bit later um but yeah it's really touching and I can hear the emotion in how far and how much you've worked to identify to be self-aware is not easy no. And be self-aware, but not acknowledge it and not accept it yes. and close your eyes to it. And yep. you didn't do that. You pushed through. You acknowledged, you know, you love Iona warts and all, you know. It's yep. about, I'm not just going to showcase the good. You're publicly showcasing the areas that you knew weren't quite right. And you've taken ownership. And that is a massive, massive step. Um, and I, I am pretty sure... I'd like to think that there'll be listeners out there that can relate and a lot of this will resonate with them. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you welcome. So You're Natalie, welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. How are Hello. you, my love? All right. Good. Good. Well, um, yeah, thank you to the two lovely ladies who came before me. Um, so I guess I'm coming from this, if there's a sliding scale of trauma, um, I'm probably coming from it from where all the little, very lightly drawn T's live 
Mm. Um, or is that that's kind of like what I tell myself, really? I actually feel like a little bit of an imposter sitting here in a talk about trauma um, because I actually don't necessarily see myself as somebody who um, has trauma. And until kind of this podcast came about, I would not have used that language mm. at all. Um, bit kind of what you, like what you're saying at the top of the call, really. Um, and, you know, I come from an incredibly privileged background, um, you know, white working class parents who own their own house in a nice little suburb just outside like one of the biggest cities in the UK so we've got that kind of you know we live in the nice kind of country bit and we're really close to the super diverse multicultural bit where you can have all those um, experiences um, I was like the first uh, person in my family to university um, you know, so for all and you know, all intents and purposes, like um, poster girl for um, working class family comes good, really. Um, but I think for me, kind of what I'm navigating is, uh, I guess we would call it generational trauma if we were going to kind of give it a name, and that is um, being a child of parents who um, can't regulate their own emotions very well, um, can't label their own feelings, um, can't validate their own feelings, let alone try to kind of validate and navigate those feelings of their children, um, who definitely fall into the category of like what Lou was saying earlier in the um, kind of culturally alcohol is very much a crutch and alcohol is like the numbing tool um, that they use to kind of hide it's like work you know you work in your job all day and then at the weekends you relax by drinking and that's mm. you know that's kind of what that's a that's a, a generational thing and I you know I come from a loving family and you know and all of that but there's all this like in the background um and I guess I never really felt like I fit in with my family I am uh, or was quite quiet um very empathetic very sensitive child uh really uh articulate um intelligent little thing and I think I was just peculiar to my family like I say, nobody else really ever went to, nobody else had been to university. I don't actually think anyone's been since me, um, particularly on my mum's side of the family. And uh, my dad's side is a little bit of an anomaly. They're slightly different. Um, so I, I kind of never felt like I fit in. I was always peculiar and I was always accused of being stuck up. Mm. Um, and actually I was, I was incredibly shy. Um, I was told that I was uh, too sensitive and I needed to just toughen up. The real world is not a good place for like sensitive girls. You just need to toughen up, suck it up, push it down, toughen up. Um, and that was kind of, and it's not like not in a malicious way. 
in mm. a way that I feel like I was being prepared to go into the world as a very very sensitive person and and the best way that my family knew was to give me like some armor to deal with that mm. um and I think um uh, unfortunately for me that's led to my nervous system being it's sort of I'm, I can't regulate myself probably in a way that I think like people should be able to regulate themselves I have suffered from really really crippling perfectionism um, to the point where I almost can't do anything because I'm too scared to make any decision even the smallest decision mm. used to be for me you know even like um oh god the washing machine's broken I need to get a new washing machine oh well that sends me into a procrastination cycle of a month because I've got a research them all I've got to read like 300 reviews on you know it, it is like a and I it's awful to say perfectionism is trauma but it is like it can be crippling mm -hmm. like where you can't even trust it's like my ability to trust my own inner intuition and got broken because I wasn't really allowed to lean in to my natural kind of feelings about the world um and I created a persona whereby I was outgoing um mm -hmm. I was in theatre groups I was always on stage um I was always the one at the front of the class putting my hand up to read out in my speeches um because I was taught that shy girls kind girls just get left behind mm -hmm. um so yeah so I sort of created this sort of persona I guess and then the catalyst for me was a little bit like what Lou was saying um quiet time time alone so for me it was when I had my baby uh, I suffered from quite severe postnatal depression mm. a lot of time on your own in a two-bed flat with a screaming non-stop screaming and never sleeping child will bring a lot of your feelings to the to the top uh, in the lead up to that I had been going to the gym 10 hours a week uh, working a full-time super busy job drinking at the weekends so I was just just da -da -da -da, achieving 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 then I have a baby and I'm like holy shit I don't know what I'm doing but I can't let anyone know mm. that I don't know that I don't know what I'm doing mm. because as a perfectionist to admit that you haven't got a clue what you're doing and I was like why can't I like everyone is we're told that we are we're told that we're made mm. to have children mm. and should know what to do and I was like why is everybody else getting this right mm. how does everyone else know how to do this it's what mm. I'm made for mm. the whole reason I exist is to you know, and I, I don't want to offend anyone who doesn't know about children, but that's like my, I was like, that's my whole purpose is to have children. If, even if, you know, if you strip away everything else, like mm. anatomically, that's why I, you know, exist. And I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And that was like the first crack in the armour of perfectionism where I had to kind of work out how to admit that I was failing. Mm as a mum mm. um and I think interestingly like to be able to admit this is what I think now you know mm. that that child is now nine or is going to be nine in a minute 
Um, and I think interestingly that to admit as a mum that you fail and that you don't have all the answers and you're learning mm-hmm. is actually the most powerful thing you can do for your kids. Mm-hmm. We don't have all the answers and we're never going to have all the answers and we're always going to make mistakes. But I think being able to take accountability mm-hmm. for the fact that I don't always get it right mm-hmm. and be able to say to my kids, you know, I did this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I shouted at you guys this morning because... Mm-hmm. We were running late, and when we're running late, that makes me feel this way. Mm. And that's why I shouted, because shouting made me feel better in that moment. But mm. it's not the way that I should, you know, I, shouting mm. is not the right thing. Um, so, you know, that's it's led me to that place, is what I would say. And, uh, yeah, so the, the postnatal depression was a catalyst, and I went to see my doctor about this, and they told me that I couldn't have postnatal depression because I was too well-spoken and I was wearing a full face of makeup. What? Um, and I, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, that's a, that's a misogynistic topic for like, that's for like another, like that's mm. for another day. Yeah. But I think yeah. it did make me realise that sometimes when you present yourself as completely together, mm-hmm. people can't accept. So I was still presenting myself as perfectly together mm. and my insides were smashed to pieces. Mm. But I couldn't, I couldn't take that fake person away. Mm. So I couldn't access the help that I needed. Um, and for me, then the driver was to find out who I was authentically mm. and mm. to bring, find out who I am. And I'm still finding out, it's like lose onion. I'm still finding out who I really am mm-hmm. and it changes. And, but it's about trying to bring that authentic person to every mm. um, interaction that I have mm. as often as I can mm. um, and not be that fake, mm. not be that fake, I don't feel like I have to be something in order to get something from somebody else mm. um, I think that's that's it really if that makes sense wow. absolutely mm. it does and again now uh, you know I, I I'm just going to be saying thank you thank you thank you all the way through this this podcast because it's just I'm getting strength from hearing you guys because the common theme that I'm picking up here is awareness self-awareness mm. <clears throat> um mm. <clears throat> uh, and that is so key. Once we are at a stage and there's always something, sometimes we have to think back and reflect, when did that happen? And what's interesting today, I didn't know what you guys were going to bring to the table. Um, Yes, Iona, we had a chat beforehand, but you could have changed your mind and brought something else to the table. But what's interesting is, is that we've all brought different experiences. And you know what, Nat, to to hear you say, you know, um, and I know it's like, how could perfectionism be a trauma? But when you talk behind that and what you was going through, it is. For you, it is, and for many other people out there. But this, all of these examples are perfect in the sense of anything can be trauma. Like you said, Lou, small yes. T's, big T's. I mean, you know, and there's also a realisation, there's an acceptance. For me, it was the same in terms of, for me, my the trauma that I have shared with you guys and and continue to share with other people is childhood trauma. And, you know, um, 
um, a family, being abused by a family member. And I remember when I was doing a, um, a, 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 a sort of like a self-help task and it was talking about something that's happened to you and how has it made you the positive person that you are now? Lou, um, Iona, you mentioned something similar in the sense of, you know, you're gra you, you've, you're, you've got a lot of gratitude. You know, Lou, you mentioned there's yeah. a lot of love there. You know, mm. Matt, you mentioned, you, yes, you was brought up privileged and with the love. Some of us didn't all have, have that love. I had love from my from my mum and <clears throat> Uh, and unfortunately, this incident happened, and then in my forties, it came crashing as a as a memory, and I have to deal with it. And <clears throat> that one activity, where I actually had to talk about how can abuse make me into a person that I am now? How can I? That didn't make sense to me. So, but then I had yeah. to put my big girl pants on and dig deep. And so, hold on, it has made me a stronger person because, number one, I've shown my young kids who didn't know verbatim what happened, but they knew that something had happened. But I showed my kids that you will be loved unconditionally, regardless of what you're going through. You can mm -hmm. talk to your parents about whatever it is that you want to talk about and be judged. I showed myself that I can be the strong person that my mum had always said that I would be. And I showed myself that it's all right to put me first and be selfish. But at the same time, having a husband as well, it made me realise that those I had certain walls up that I didn't know I had up and didn't understand why I had up. And it's being respectful and apologising to him to say, look, babes, I'm sorry that I may have not been very responsive, but unbeknown to me, um, I've shut down certain aspects and it all boils down to that relationship again, because of what's happened when I was sort of like, you know, in secondary school, unbeknown to me, because I shut it off, I didn't realise that it would have an impact on how I am with people when I grow up and start having intimate relationships. So yeah. this is absolutely massive. And I've, I've learned a massive, massive tool here. And to hear feeling at peace, gratitude, awareness, you know, digging through, saying to yourself, I'm not going to be the person, I'm not going to be this person, I want change. It is massive, it's absolutely massive and I, I'm just really, I'm so emotional right now, it's just, there's so many things, Just I'm buzzing, I'm excited and I'm sad as well because hearing what everybody's gone through, it's not just you can just brush it off and say, well, okay, let's talk about something else. It does touch my heart with what we've all had to experience, but <clears throat> more so, how um how happy i am that we're here sharing our stories and we're growing from it as well um now for our listeners <clears throat> just to let you know that unfortunately one of our members may have to go soon um so <clears throat> we are going to be doing a, a part two to this which is really just talking about you know we, you've heard all you know some some heart-wrenching stories of how trauma has how we've navigated through trauma now it's interesting to talk about you know we've and we've also heard the catalyst as to why we want to change and why we want to um we're aware that something's not quite right so we're going to talk about well what was it that you did what was that thing 
that you did that helped you, is helping you, has helped you become the person you are now. And Lou. Hi, and welcome again to Power of Women. Did I not say that this would be an emotional journey? Did I not say that I spoke to the most amazing women who agreed to share their experiences of trauma and what it means for them? Now in part two, we're gonna discuss about what they did, what resources they used to help them navigate through trauma. So welcome to part two of Navigating Through Trauma. And that we're here sharing our stories and we're growing from it as well. Um, Now, for our listeners, just to let you know that unfortunately one of our members may have to go soon. Um, So we are going to be doing a, a part two to this, which is really just talking about you know, you've heard all, you know, some some heart-wrenching stories of how trauma has, how we've navigated through trauma. Now it's interesting to talk about, you know, we've and we've also heard the catalyst as to why we want to change and why we want to, um, we're aware that something's not quite right. So we're going to talk about, well, what was it that you did? What was that thing that you did that helped you is helping you has helped you become the person you are now and Lou I know that you have to go so I'd love to ask you first can you just share with our listeners some things that you have done to help you along your journey and maybe one takeaway that you'd like to leave our listeners that they could take away with them on their journey Mm. yeah cool so for me Obviously, the biggest the biggest thing for me to remove from my life in order for me to kind of really go deep and, you know, really work on myself was was for me removing the alcohol. Right. Yeah. So because obviously I like I said, like, I don't know why I keep repeating this, but it's not that I was like dependent. I don't don't label myself as being an alcoholic Mm. or anything like that. For me, it was more of an emotional emotional Mm. support Mm. which is what I've learned now along my journey kind of thing Mm. so in order for me to kind of really feel my emotions and really kind of work through and understand myself it was it was to remove it was it was to do that for me Mm um and I'm very much I'm very all or nothing like if I wanted to if I wanted to drink again I could Mm. but for me, my decision is to is to I don't want to I don't want to go back to that because I think if I go back, then what's, I don't like going back. Mm. <laughs> For me, it's about going forward. So I, like I said, when I got in the cab, it all started in my head, and I was like mm. trying to figure out loads of stuff. Mm. For me, it was podcasts. Like I started mm. listening to podcasts, and I started listening to um, really inspiring people that that removed alcohol from their lives and like the impact it had on them and I thought they you know why not give it a go like why not try and see what Mm -hmm. happens kind of thing so for me it was yeah podcasts I've got a lot of um like I've really sort of threw myself into the sober community so I've made a lot of friendships through that Mm -hmm. um I've got a lot of support around me um sort of in that area Mm -hmm. um and obviously then it was then I then I've 
was introduced to Juanita, obviously mm -hmm. Zen Flexion. Mm -hmm. My spiritual, obviously the spiritual side sort of came out and I started mm -hmm. sort of delving into that and um, just all different books really, like loads mm -hmm. of different things. I've invested in mentors and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've, I've really sort of found an interest in um, like meditation and um like the buddhist teachings um mm -hmm. i attend various different workshops i'm always doing something mm -hmm. so <laughs> um, sort you... of help me along my journey that's brilliant and that's lovely to hear all the different things out there because somebody out there listening may not be aware that all of this stuff exists you know and you mentioned about you know podcasts you know um books what what's your favorite podcast that you'd like to leave today for somebody to oh my lord i can't answer you know i'm the most indecisive person in the world like, i've got so many pod now you know how many podcasts i listen to if you can only listen to one more podcast for the rest of your life what oh would it be my God. it would have to be glenn and doyle we could do hard things because she just gets me every time right but then i love all my sobriety ones because the sobriety ones help me you know like they keep me grounded and mm -hmm. i love hearing about people that like everyone's different stories and mm -hmm. oh i couldn't yeah i mean glennon is up there and mm -hmm. obviously brené brown um so yeah i can't really yeah. say one <laughs> I, mean, I mean just what you've said is 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 great what i'd like you to do and for my listeners what i'll do is when i do um publish the this this session I will put in there some resources that you can tap into so Lou I'd love it if you could just maybe send I'll send you a couple a of um yeah definitely I'll send you a couple of um of the ones I listen to like the sobriety ones obviously the yeah. self-development one that would be lovely um, absolutely thank you but yeah I just wanted to share as well obviously since I've been on this alcohol-free journey yeah like I know myself more now mm -hmm. than I ever have because I've had to, I've had to face shit like I've had to face emotions that I never ever really knew that <laughs> that I never really faced before yeah absolutely so for me that was that was the biggest change for me to remove mm. that mm. Um, mm. and then once I removed it mm. and I started feeling and started exploring started understanding and understanding myself and what I actually liked and disliked and mm -hmm. hobbies and interests and all the all the things. Mm. I thought, and then I think I did consider going back, and I thought, why? Why do I want to go back? Like mm. for me, I feel like I have had obviously life is challenging. We're, yeah. we're faced with challenges on a daily. Like we're never yeah. going to not have challenges, and it would be easy for me to just think, fuck it, I'm just going to, you know. Mm. I could just numb that out for a little bit and then mm -hmm. everything's going to be all right. But that's not, I've learned that that is not, that is not reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like these, these things don't go away, do they? They're going to be there, but I've learned to navigate these things mm -hmm. head on, head on. And for me, that is, that is, I feel, sometimes I feel like a superwoman mm -hmm. because of that. <laughs> and you are, you are, you're so And I feel, and my confidence, my confidence mm -hmm. is on sky high. Mm -hmm. Because, because I know myself so much more now. Mm -hmm. I used to be very much, I used to really worry about what other people thought. Mm -hmm. I used to be really scared of being judged because I, I don't drink. Because you get all these opinions mm -hmm. and you get people's, oh, was you this, was you that? Mm. Da, 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 da. No, it's, you know, but now I'm so much more, con I mean, it's free, it's going to be three years this September. Wow. And I've come, I've come into this year 
and I feel like I've really settled down and I'm really not you know like I've really come into it and I'm I'm kind of like at a point now where you know people are gonna have their opinions but I choose not to let I don't I choose not to let people's opinions affect me amen um and that's a lot that takes a lot of work as you as you all know Mm mm-hmm so yeah, I just wanted to say that, but I'm just speaking my truth. Like I'm speaking from the heart. Yeah. And I've never, you know, I, I do struggle with this. It's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't come easy for me. Because mm. I'm probably going to have a massive vulnerability hangover later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the way you put that. She'll be in bed all day. We'll be in bed all day yeah. tomorrow. Like, I'll be like, sure how to navigate through it to get better 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I don't, I can't remember the first ever time I had a light bulb. Mm. I don't remember that, but the inspirational, um, what's the word for them? Jay Shetty. You know, Jay Shetty, the inspirational sensation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of memory with him. I think I started out Mm. um, exploring YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a couple of years back now. And um, I don't know, it it may have even started with seeing, you know, inspirational memes on Instagram and stuff. Mm. But Mm -hmm. I have a lot of connection with him. I watched a lot of his YouTube videos. um, Mm. And then I bought his book. Um, read his book as well uh, and then I discovered he had a podcast station mm-hmm. as well I was listening to his podcast and mm-hmm. then I think the more you once you start mm. yes you're confused and you're a bit like oh what do I do with this how do I work through it because I didn't seek help mm. in terms of coaches or mentors I yes. started my journey on my own mm. and that can be a little bit daunting but my advice is just start just even if you type in inspirational Mm. videos on YouTube Mm -hmm. that's what I was Mm. doing as well Mm. and then what Mm. you will find is you will start off on one video Mm. and then it will grow and grow and keep you'll just keep finding links to more videos more (laughs) chat shows yes and I and I love hearing other people it is isn't it and um you know I listen to other people's stories you know Mm. whether it was a celebrity talking about their trauma or you know their inspirations whatever Mm. and just every time you click on a video or a podcast it always links you onto something else it will never end yeah so my advice would be just start somewhere if you know you've got some growing to do or some changes to do just you know there's so many social media platforms out there yeah that do offer a lot of good it's not all bad yeah and just start off you know Mm. yeah the videos is what helped me and then meditation like Lou said I love my meditation now Mm -hmm. um you know as Lou said earlier life throws you obstacles and hurdles day in day out and you've just got to recognize when you need to rein yourself back in you know we do get overwhelmed and for me I like to take time out and my kids will know if I don't get to sort of like do some meditation in the morning or while they're at school, yeah, I have times where I'll be like, right, kids, I'm going off to do some meditation for five minutes. Please leave me be. Unless it's an emergency, please don't disturb me. Yeah. And they know that now. And, mm. you know, I have had times where I will be meditating and they'll come in the room and then they look and they're like, oh, nope, I'll come back to you in a minute, mum. <laughs> I'm like, unless you've broken your leg or something, please yeah. don't disturb me. Exactly. I own it. I've like gotten it. so Love much it. better at that. Have you? Like, ignore, like not, yeah. not ignoring them, but not letting them yeah. distract you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. You have to, you have to also try your, yes, it definitely is a practice and it, it can take time, but you do also have to, because you can't always be in silence. So you have to also learn oh, to navigate totally. through the noise as well. Yeah, yeah totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you ever yeah. be in silence when you've got kids? No, exactly. No. Yeah. Right. You know, I always hear it. something anyway, don't you? The birds yeah. or the roads or the police sirens yeah. or something there. Yeah, exactly. I and know, you know, I think what sorry, I think what you're saying there is that you're like really sort of protecting your boundaries around like mm. meditation and your time. And what you're doing is you're teaching your kids 
to mm. one respect somebody else's boundaries yeah. and two yeah. that it's okay to um verbalize yeah. boundaries to people that you love and mm-hmm. I think that sometimes can be I didn't want to I'll let you go on after but for no, me like fine. sometimes sometimes I find it quite easy to put up a boundary with a stranger mm. but the more I love somebody mm-hmm. yeah yeah the harder the I harder find it, it to respect yeah. my own boundaries totally yeah. yeah the closer they are to you the harder it is to yes. say actually because it's almost like a rejection like for me it feels like a rejection yeah like a rejection of that person yes. and it's actually yeah. not it's a it's a, a love yeah. towards yourself self exactly mm, anyway yeah, respect yeah but again I think it all stems back to on for me personally it stems back to my childhood again yep. you know it's mm. I now want to teach my children that if somebody is having a really tough day you know the week has been really overwhelming and they say just please give me 10 minutes you need to respect their time you know Absolutely. if mm-hmm. for, in order for me to function and be the best mum that I possibly can you need to also allow me five minutes to myself yeah you know yeah. Um, like so yeah mm-hmm. exactly um, and that's not selfish and no. I think a lot of people you know when you speak on you know you need to take time out for yourself Mm-hmm. some people have this perception that oh you're being selfish you know you're not thinking about xyz but hold on who's thinking about me because nobody's mm-hmm. going to think about you but yourself mm-hmm. nobody's going to help you feel grounded mm-hmm. nobody's going to help you feel calm but mm-hmm. you yes you know you'll have resources that will help you mm-hmm. but ultimately it lays with you yes. and I want to teach my children that you know I'm going to do whatever I need to do to be as calm as I can because I don't want to be that person that I used to be so I now Mm. understand and recognize all the things that I need to do in my power to be the the best person that I can you know so it helps me stay calm and you know so yeah I think for me meditation Mm -hmm. definitely Mm. and also talking yeah um you know as I said my partner was the one that got the brunt end of my temper um and we've now grown together and I'm now no longer on this journey on my own it's Mm. another thing I'm grateful for is that it's grown both of us as people and it's Mm. our relationship now yeah is just the best that it's ever been and that's because over time Mm. you know every time an episode would happen Mm. I would recognize it and remind myself right when I get triggered next time work on not doing this or work on taking a breather take Mm. five minutes out, choose to walk mm. away and explain yourself I need five minutes I'm not getting into this argument allow mm. me my time and I think it's over time that grows and grows and it gets better and better and I think me being on my journey has um rubbed off on him in a good way as well <laughs> so nice. we're now at a point where we do the journey together we both really understand each other so definitely nice. communication as well um and yeah the hub send flexion hub Yes. So, yeah, I, 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 I started my my journey before the Semflection Hub, but I think it was when I joined the group. I met other people. Mm-hmm. We were on similar journeys. We were there for the same reason. The mm-hmm. tools that we need to shares. It's mm-hmm. just it's had a massive, massive impact on my growth. And mm-hmm. I think if I didn't join Semflection, mm-hmm. I'd be a bit behind 
in mm-hmm. my in my growth and my journey. So yeah, I'm gonna say a big massive thanks to Juanita too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Iona. Thank you so much for sharing your tools that you use. And I'm sure, again, if I would ask you to send me a list of yep. podcasts that you use, then I can share that on the um on the platform. And Natalie, how about you? What have you done? What resources, what things have you done to help you on your on your journey? Sure. So um, I was thinking about this and um, I think it's actually been over a longer period than I realised. Right. When I went back and thought about it, I think I've been coming to it for longer than I than I realised. Um, mm-hmm. And it there isn't a thing, there isn't a light bulb moment. Um, and I sort of likened it to like digging myself out of like a grave or mud mm-hmm. or something. It's like I've slowly pulled everything away. Then you get out, you think you're free, and you're like, oh no, I'm like covered in mud. Mm. And you're trying to clean yourself, but you're, you know, you just actually just rub it all around. And then you're like, oh no, I'm in a forest. <laughs> and then you get oh, out of the forest that. and you're like, oh shit, I'm on an island or whatever, you know, and it's all mm. these kind of you. so it's all these little things it's like you're not I I wish I could say it's this guys Mm. and you just need to do this Mm. um and you'll be right um because that would be great and Mm. we can still go and do it and then we Mm -hmm. can all Mm. move on with our lives or whatever because for me like meditation I is something that I haven't taken to right meditation but for me it's not something that I've taken to um at all um but then I can do yoga and Mm. I find the breathing and the headspace probably similar as similar to meditation so it is a meditative meditative, yeah 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 so it's probably it's I think it's probably worth saying that yeah yeah that that's something that I've Mm. that I've used um I tell you what happened about eight seven or eight years ago I think I was at this really bad place and the doctor had said I didn't have basal depression Mm. um I was a total mess um like living in a glass box is what I would liken it to I was just in a box and it felt like the whole world was happening around me and I was like I don't know what to do and Mm. I used to numb out quite a lot by being on social media Mm. um, because I could like hold the screaming baby and scroll (laughs) at the same time Mm. um and a like ad popped up for a mindfulness course Mm. and I was Mm. so desperate and I just was like I need to sign up and it was a couple hundred pounds Mm -hmm. um, and it was 12 week course but it was a guided thing so every other week there was small group and every other week we were on like a zoom kind of thing like this um and each week was like talking about different types of thing to do with mindfulness and gratitude Mm. um and I just couldn't couldn't afford it I think that's something that I would say I couldn't afford it I couldn't afford that course it was like the last of my money Mm. and I literally was like I have to do it because I need some I need to do something so I clicked on this I clicked on this course and and then and that started it it was um mindfulness and gratitude Mm. um in a kind of really practical way I would say like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like it was just easy things I could do, like write mm-hmm. three things that you're grateful for, like mm-hmm. every day. And if mm-hmm. you can't do it every day, just do it the weekends. Mm. And 
it was it was a way of accessing all these tools and like you know we're going to med this this week we're going to meditate and we're just going to do it three days in a row mm. and it I'm like Lou is I'm like all or nothing and for me if I do something and I do it for a week and then I drop off the wagon I'm like well no point doing that chuck that out the mm. chuck that out the window like mm. that doesn't work for me so um this was a way of like dipping in and out of mm. things Mm. Um, in a guided way and that was really that started it for me mm. um and then obviously like everybody else um I'm also in the hub um mm. and came to that kind of in the pandemic really mm. um and I joined and that's something else I would say and like for transparency is that I joined mm. um for a couple of months um felt like a complete outsider felt like no one would ever like me mm-hmm. so I left mm-hmm. wow um, and then I joined again and I was like, I, I was like, I joined again and I was like, I'm going to join back and I'm going to just commit to this for a year. Yeah. And I'm going to commit to doing the tasks, joining yeah. in on the group as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and actually that commitment, you know, that weekly sort of regular commitment to something. Yeah. Has like naturally built connection with people. Yeah. Because I am myself every time I show up. Yes. So now I feel like I'm known for who I am. Absolutely. Amen. Oh, to so, run- so grateful for that. Absol- yep. Absolutely. Rather than running away, running away from yep. getting to getting close to people and then running away is like my yep. classic yeah. kind of protection. Yep. Um, yeah. And I just, uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's it really. Um, but I would say like my main tools and I'm going to like, I'm real basic about this. My main tools are hydration. Yeah. I need to drink enough water. Yeah. Um, yoga, even if that's just sitting and sort of stretching my neck for two minutes. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's being creative. Yes. Um, in whatever form that might be. Lovely. That is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Thank you so much, all of you. And Listeners, you've heard the words Inflection Hub be mentioned, um, and I myself am part of that group, and we have, that's our connection, um, us four here today, is that we all met through the Zenflection Hub, and I'll put details of that on the podcast. Zenflection does have an Instagram page, and it's run by a lovely, beautiful beautiful soul called Renita and um, details of that will be put on on my podcast I will be having an interview with um, the Zenflection queen herself so please listen out for that um, but yeah I in, in in to add to what you guys have have said you know I too have listened to podcasts you know I have um, I've had counselling and I've had a, a really lovely counsellor who I'm hoping to um, touch base with for this podcast. Uh, and I also done something quite interesting. My husband's actually, my husband actually um, signposted me to this person because one of his colleagues um, had used him. And uh, it was cognitive behavioural therapy. But in the process, it's finding an alternative ending to what's happened. He was very clear, can never get rid of what happened, but you can change your ending to help you move forward. And I thought, oh, this is a load of rubbish. At the end of the day, this thought that happened to me is going to stay in my head. How can I change the ending? So she actually, he actually, I mean, how can I? But he actually 
said to me, only you will know what that ending is. And whenever you have a trigger, sometimes my trigger could be watching something on television. You know, even my husband would say, Lindsay, babes, you're right, because he knows what I've experienced. So anything around whether it's sexual abuse or although I didn't witness <clears throat> domestic violence, it's the sexual element of it. Um, he might say, oh, if there's a documentary on or, you know, I'm, you know, he'll always check on me. But what I do is I use that alternative ending and it does help. Who would have thought, you know, I sometimes reflect on life and think, you know, who would have thought that I would have been in connection with rape crisis clinic and, you know, um, 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 counsellors and all this kind of stuff. Who would have thought? Mm. But because I wanted to get that help, I opened myself up to to loads of to loads of things. Um, oh, you go in. I'm going because my battery is going to die. Oh, okay. I'm going to say bye, bye before bye, it goes. Bye, bye, bye. bye. Thank bye. you so much. Thanks, Jen Lou. Thank you very much. All the best, darling. Take care, honey. Bye. Bye. Love you, Lou. Oh, bless you. Oh, she's so lovely. Um, but yeah, so um, just to sort of like wind up, it's like who would have thought that I would have been getting in contact with all of the, and I wanted to. It was like I was almost that's my mission like who can I contact but I think that was all a distraction because I wasn't ready to really deal with it you know what I mean it's like who can I contact this clinic that counsellor that therapist all these things but the true work really began when I I had about three months off work and I just really had the counsellor really made me look at me really made me build up my confidence in myself this isn't my fault I did not know what was going on you know, and, and it was hard work. My husband, my, my immediate, immediate family were great. But, you know, there's ripples now. You know, my strength has mm -hmm. unfortunately meant the downfall of certain family members. And you know what? That is absolutely fine because that's their energy. And I know that when this goes out and certain people may listen to it, like you were saying, Iona, it may hit a chord with certain people. But that's their energy because right about now, the only person that can help me is me. Because I want yep. to, I want to move forward. So, you know, all of what we've spoken about today, um, I, I am very confident that it will resonate with somebody out there. And I, I just really, really appreciate um, what you guys have shared with, 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 with us today. Really, really have. I know that was like massive, you know, earlier on, I asked you to do a scale on how you felt and I'd like you to again you can mention it briefly if you want if you don't it's fine ask yourself that question how are you feeling now and see if there's a difference in how you was feeling an hour and a half ago I think for me at the beginning I, I said to myself I was about seven um overall you know feeling fine but there was some nerves coming onto here it's first time mm -hmm. doing it first mm -hmm. time really speaking and sharing that side of me mm. but I felt safe because I know you guys you know mm. we've been in the in the hub for a, a long time so mm. you know my palms were sweating mm. gone red like a tomato <laughs> but um I feel more like a nine mm -hmm. now mm. because it's 
you know, it, it helps with my confidence too. Mm. You mm. know, because that's something that I'm trying to work on is speaking publicly on these type of platforms more mm. um, and sharing sharing personal stuff yeah. that I never thought I would ever do. So, yeah, I'm going to say it's bumped me up to a nine. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. No. Natalie, do you want to share or you want to keep it private? Yeah, no, I'll share, of course. Um, so obviously I said before we started that I was in A, I was in really good spirits to be here. But I think it, and I would say I'm I'm better than that now. I'm a nine, maybe even a 10, but you mm. know, don't want to give anything a perfect score because there's always yeah. some improvement. But something I will say is that mm. um, the last couple of weeks, mm. If I tracked how I'd been feeling the last couple of weeks, I've mm. actually hit a bit of a blocker in my journey and I've been feeling quite stuck. And mm. I would say generally over the last couple of weeks, I've been feeling a bit of a mess, a bit four, mm. bit, bit four five-ish. Mm. But actually, how amazing is it to come and reflect mm -hmm. on how far you've actually come? Absolutely. Because I think I was knowing, yeah. I was thinking... I haven't made much progress this year. I haven't, you know, since February, I haven't done mm. all these things that I wanted to do. Like mm. this year has been a bit mm. stop-starty for different, you know, for different reasons. I'm not quite, it feels like I'm not quite making as much progress mm. in the areas that I want to make. Mm. Um, but actually to reflect on the journey in its entirety, mm. I can see that I'm... I'm a universe away from where I, yeah, I started, you know. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, so thanks for the opportunity to kind of think about, mm. think back to like eight years ago. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and who I am now. And, yeah. to, you know, they're almost strangers to each other, you know. Yes. I look at pictures of myself from that time now and I don't recognise mm, yeah. the, look, the look in that girl's eye, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you. I'm really grateful. to. No, I'm... I'm grateful and I you know um I I agree sometimes we don't want to give a, a a perfect score but you know what today I'm going to say that I have been bumped up to a 10 but that's oh. not on my own that's because of you guys as well because it's a it's about when you're around like-minded individuals regardless of what the obstacles have been or are are we're here on a journey and I think that's why the the hub works so well we've all got our other little external things that we tap into but the connection is the hub as well and I think that has helped um I'm not really one for how can I say um doing the same thing all the time at the same time mm. do I probably will do something mm. most of the week but at different times and you just find what works for you for me yeah. I of my meditation in the shower because I know that nobody can interrupt me having my shower so I'll do my chanting and my meditation sometimes hubby will say you know I can hear you singing from the bathroom but you yeah. know that's, that's my five minutes of you know doing something or I might do it of the night time it really depends you find your pattern and like you said Iona earlier on the more you do something, is easier it becomes, and you just have to find you'll it, you'll naturally find what's right for you. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just I just really am thankful. I'm blessed. This is for my listeners. Podcasting was something that I mentioned 
ages ago. Ladies, you probably remember when I mentioned it, what, over a year ago? Yeah, this is what I'd like to do. And I always self-sabotage, finding a way of not doing it or what have I haven't got the time and blah, 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 blah. But I'm here doing it now. Um, and I manifested it. Yeah, I did. I, did. <laughs> manifest it. I manifest it to death, I think. And we're here now. And um, I just hope I'm glad that you, number one, said yes. I'm glad that it has um, helped in how you feel about your, you and your journey. And I'm really blessed on how far we have all come and we've had to step out of our comfort zone. And you're not just helping yourselves now, you're potentially helping somebody else out there in the world that is going yeah. through whatever they're going through. So thank you for giving up your time today. Um, I wish you a really positive day for you and your families. Love you to the moon and back. And um, who knows, we might have a part three, part four, part five coming up with podcasts <laughs> later on. But I'm glad that you ticked your bucket list as well. So that's brilliant. Yes. That's your bucket list was podcast. So thank you very much for coming on Power of Women. Um, yeah, thank you very thank much. Thank you for having us, Linda. Thank Lovely. you. Thanks, Linda. You're welcome. You're welcome. And for my listeners, there will be a voice note. You can send a voice message. You'll see at the bottom, there'll be a link in the, um, if you're on Spotify, Spotify, however you pronounce it, um, there's a link and you're able to send a voice note if you want to um, arrange a chat. If you would like to get some more information, then please let us, please do let us know through the voice message link. So thank you. Ciao. Pow. Hi, first of all, I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast on navigating through trauma. I hope that you have gained something from this podcast. I hope that it has given you the strength to want to share and talk about what you're going through. Trauma means different things for different people. There is no trauma that's a silly trauma and there's no trauma that should not be spoken about. And that's why I have the Power of Women podcast because I want a platform where women can come and talk and share their experiences. So I'd like to thank Lou, Iona and Natalie for being part of my podcast. We are on a journey and we have been there for each other and will continue to do so. So like I had said at the beginning of the podcast, this may have um, opened up or um, maybe a trigger to an emotion that you may not expect. Remember to reach out to your GP and local networks. In addition to that, when I publish this on Spotify, I would love to hear how you found this podcast you will see that there'll be a voice note link. And if you click on that link, you'll be able to leave a message. Please do leave a message on how you found the session. Please do leave a message if you would like to be part of Power of Women and we can arrange an opportunity to discuss whatever it is that you want to discuss. This is an open forum for women to freely, safely, comfortably share their experiences. So be bold, be brave, 
just be with me and come and join me for a discussion. I'm not a professional, however, I've been on a journey and know that talking is the pathway to emotional freedom. I really look forward to hearing from you. So bye, ciao, pow.